Hi, Randy. I'm calling about making an intentional decision. I've been furloughed from my job based on the shutdown, and so I've been doing a uh, transport, medical transport job in the interim. People are actually receiving Christ in my car. I play Family Life Radio and drive around, uh, taking people to medical appointments. And I'm praying about my future, my career, and I do want to go back to the job, hope that it comes back. So I'm just looking for insight and maybe some wisdom as I wait for my job to come back. Thank you. The power of making a decision, that's what we're talking about today. Dr. Randy here from Intentional Living. And you know, as I was uh, listening to that caller setting up the show today about uh, making decisions now that things are getting back to, to normal in many ways and making a decision about a career and with everything going on in the world today, what what decisions are you going to make? The power of decision. And you know, decision making is something that we, I think we miss the boat as parents and grandparents in not really intentionally teaching the next generation how to make godly decisions. I grew up in a great home, a loving home, a supportive home. I knew why I was here. We knew about Christ, uh, came to Christ and have uh, given my life to sharing Christ with the world but one of the things we didn't spend a lot of time talking about was how to make decisions. You know, how do you make the practical decisions about money, about a job, about a career, about a life decision? And so uh, today we want to talk about decision making, the power of decision making, and how it can change your life. Listen, love to have you join in on our storyline. Leave your comment. Tell me this as you think about decision making. Uh, what's one decision you've been proud of that's made a difference in your life? And how is it that you make decisions? What steps do you go through? Tell us on our storyline at 888-888-1717. Intentional living involves several steps as far as uh, every day getting up, doing the next right one thing. But the very first number one on the list of things that we need to focus on to be intentional is learning to make the right decisions because decisions set a path, a direction, a course, a trail, a destination. And if we get that wrong, and if we make the wrong decision, it certainly can impact our life in many ways. Usually negative. Sometimes it could be interesting, but usually in a negative way. So come on in, talking about decision making today from Intentional Living. When I face a big decision, how do I discern God's will? It's usually a matter of a lot of prayer, a lot of quiet time, a lot of waiting, a lot of patience, and you just keep working and working and just keep waiting on Him and leaning on Him. I first pray about where God wants me to be. Is this decision going to matter 30 years from now? Is it going to make a difference in eternity? Or is it just pleasing me? Is it what I want or is it what God wants? When I'm making a decision on how to proceed, I do a lot of serious praying, contemplation, and some quiet time, and some waiting usually. My husband and I are in the process of a business consideration right now, and even though we take the time to pray and to wait and to be silent, just knowing how to discern His will can still be difficult, even after doing all of that. When I make decisions that uh, are important to me, I think the first thing I do is that I uh, get with my wife and we pray together because uh, I believe her discernment and getting a uh, confirmation from her is, is a big thing on me understanding what God wants to do. And then I talk to other people with wisdom that uh, that I have a lot of uh, faith in, and it's uh, just understanding that through the doors that He opens that uh, we need to step through and, and make those decisions. 
Yeah, wow, that's great. Thank you. This is very encouraging. What, what's kind of the dumbest decision? Stupid things that Christians do. That's what we could call this uh, program as well. Stupid things that Christians do. And we ask you on our Facebook, what's the dumbest decision you've ever made? You've got to go and take a look at it. Uh, here's just a few, a few of them. Uh, Sanja said, one, overcommitting to a relationship without taking the time to know the other person. Well, you know where that's headed, don't you? Betty says, leaving my children's dad for someone else was the worst mistake of my life with four exclamation points. Amber simply says, uh, you asked the question, what's the dumbest decision you ever made? Her answer, that would be a long list. Um, Elizabeth says, trusting the wrong people. Mike says, I started drinking. By the way, that showed up again, drinking and driving. Sean says, drinking and driving, hands down, worst decision. Wow. There's others we'll try to get to here. Come join us, 888-888-1717. Maybe a decision you're trying to make right now. Uh, let's go to uh, Michael. Michael, welcome to Intentional Living Center today. Thank you. Appreciate your call. What's the decision you're trying to make? Um, well, my wife and I uh, kind of had a plan of after three years of being married, we started having kids, and uh, we moved to Tucson to help with a church plant because we feel called to go on the mission field. And she wanted to do medical missions before we got married. Hmm. And um, so we're kind of at the crossroads. She uh, didn't finish school because of us moving out to Tucson, so she's trying to go back to school. Right. And so we don't know if she should just go ahead and graduate right now because she has enough credits to get a general education degree, or if she should uh, continue going to school for a medical-related position. And uh, we also want to homeschool our kids, so then that's kind of a problem. <laughs> and then uh, we don't know if I should finish out and get a bachelor's degree in ministry. Yeah, how, how old are you guys, uh, Michael? Uh, I will be turning 30 in about a week, and she is 24. All right. Well, you start thinking about this stuff. The 30s is a decade. I do a, a, a series teaching on the decades of life, and the 30s is kind of what you guys are getting into. It's a, it's a decade of decisions. It's a decade of sort of setting the... Uh, the course for your life, and so you're asking the right questions. Um, I I would encourage the two of you to because you have so many things you're talking about: having kids, homeschooling kids, going to the mission field. She's talking about doing medical missions, but she's not trained to do that now. And then you said you're trying to decide what what's the decision you're trying to make? Uh, whether or not I should just go ahead and go back to school for a ministry degree because I've been told. Uh, it's a benefit, but at the same time, I've also been told that with my experience and testimony and all that stuff that I don't need it, that I can go ahead and, uh, after I get ordained, uh, go to the mission field. Well, you know, I'm an advocate of people being well-prepared before they step into whatever the, it is they're going to do. Um, I, don't, I don't think we—I think you can over— you know, I think some people just love to go to school and love to train, and they just they they absorb, they love to absorb knowledge, and they get caught up in schooling. Um, <laughs> and there are people listening saying, "Don't do it." You know, you get in debt, and then you'll be paying off debt, and you can't go to the mission field. So you have to use wisdom. But I, if God's calling you to go to the mission field to do medical missions, your wife's got to be trained to do medical missions. She can't do it unless she's trained, right? 
and she, it would, you know, if we went to a third world country, she could still homeschool our kids and do the work, but if we went to, you know, yeah. a developed country, it would be kind of hard to do both of those at the same time, so that's also the problem. Have you guys ever experienced mission work outside the country? Yeah. International ministry? Uh, she has. I haven't, but she's uh, gone uh, to uh, Dominican Republic, Haiti, uh, Brazil, places yeah. like that. All right. Uh, if if I were your dad, and I'm old enough to be, uh, I would sit down with you guys and I would say, look, you, you guys are still young. You're in your 20s, just turning 30. This is a preparatory decade. Now you're moving into a decision decade. Uh, you want God's best for your life. You're really trying to make some important decisions. If it takes another year or two to get well-prepared so you're ready to step into whatever it is that God calls you to, then th- that would be worth the t- investment. Here's what I would do if I were you guys. I would find some people who have been where you have been praying about going. Uh, I would find some missionaries, maybe those who've come back from the field or those there now and coming back on sabbatical or, or for a period of time, and that you could get with them and let them mentor you. Let them talk to you about what it means to be in medical missions. What does it mean? What does it take to be prepared? What are things they have learned in their 50s or 60s looking back that they would do different? I think one of the major problems we have in our culture today, Michael, especially with the younger generation, and God bless all the millennials listening today. We love you guys. But you're talking to each other. And I think there's a lot of people who... Uh, may not be technologically as savvy as you are, and you may think they're out of touch with the world today, but they have been where you're wanting to go. They understand about life. They understand about they've learned some lessons. Now, be careful. You can't trust everyone just because a person has white hair. You don't trust them. Just because a person's old doesn't mean you listen to them, right? But find some people of wisdom in your church, in your community, and immerse yourself in getting some good counsel and then praying about it, praying it together, and then putting a plan together and then acting on it. One of the things I find, Michael, is that people sometimes procrastinate because of fear. You know, they kind of know what they should do or what they're called to do, but they don't act out of fear. And there's a lot of things that happen when you have fear. You can come up with a dozen reasons why I'm not going to decide and the fact is, indecision is also a decision. So that's my uh, that's my take on where you guys are. I encourage you to find uh, some people who are where you're thinking about and talk to them. All right. Okay. All right. All right, my friend. We'll be praying for you. Not sure he totally agrees, but I think that's you know you got to talk. I think you learn. There's wisdom in many counselors. The Bible says. Okay, April, welcome to the program. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I appreciate. I'm doing fine. Thank you. Appreciate your call. What What's your uh, question or decision? Um, my question is: I'm a, recently a new believer, uh-huh. and um, me and my boyfriend we have three kids together, so we're not married. Um, and he he believes in God, but he doesn't believe in Christ. And he's on dialysis, mm. and he needs a kidney. Oh, wow. So it's just been really hard and heavy on my yeah. heart with his sickness and our three kids, and that I feel kind of stuck mm-hmm. in our situation. Um, and 
I tried to do Bible studies with him with my friends, and it, it, he'll go, but he's not really present, and I just, I'm really struggling with it. I just, you know, some people say you're not equally yoked, and it's just, yeah. I don't know where to turn, I don't know where to go, I don't know what to do. Well, April, listen, the good news is God is a God of love and a God of compassion. He's a God of forgiveness. It says in Scripture he's not the author of confusion, so as you feel confused, that's not coming from God. That's certainly Satan speaking to your to your life. Yeah, do you have some issues? Yeah. Are they real? Yes. Do they go away because you become a Christian? No. It's because you say, Lord, come into my heart. I love you. Save me. I want to go to heaven. He saves you. You turn around. You still have all the challenges in front of you, but you now have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life as you face these challenges. You have a new spiritual uh, growing wisdom that uh, will lead you to make the right decisions. I hear it in your voice, that spiritual sensitivity of wanting to do the next right thing. I mean, that's to me, that's sort of evidence of a person's spiritual growth when they care enough, April, as you do, to have tears to say, I feel stuck, I don't know what to do, I want to do the right thing. All right? So let me just kind of unpack this a little bit for you, April. I think... You start where you are in terms of saying, okay, I've got all of these issues. Uh, living with my boyfriend, he's on dialysis. We have three children together. Uh, you're a new believer. He's interested, but not really interested in, in following Christ. And so I would encourage you, the very first thing that I would encourage you to do is for you to get plugged into a church. Mm-hmm. You get plugged in with some mature Christian women, pastor's wife and some other women, that you get into some counseling where you can be guided spiritually week by week, day by day. You're not your job right now is not to be the Holy Spirit for your husband or for your boyfriend. Your mm-hmm. your job right now is to be to start living that intentional life in Christ in ways that will honor Christ and honor the decisions that you've made in ways that don't violate your walk with Christ. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I did get into a church and um I am I am new and I went to talk to one of the pastors and um he was really upset with our situation because we were not married. Um and it, it threw me off because um he just said, you know, I need to leave him now, I need to move like out of state, I need to take the kids and it's just like I don't know, I messed with my head a lot because I was like, well, that's a whole lot to do just because I need to understand we're not married and that's not honoring God. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... But see, April, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to get crosswise with the pastor that you're seeing, but it may be that you need to talk to some other counselors. Not every counselor and every pastor, God bless you, pastors, are created equal when it comes to giving guidance and direction. And I hear the pastor's heart. You're a Christian. You want to live in honor. You want to honor Christ. But you have responsibility. That doesn't mean you live with the man in married, having sex, and all the things that you know would dishonor him. You're not married, if that's your conviction, and rightfully so, in my my view. But that doesn't mean you, you have responsibility. You've got three kids. You've got, uh, you've got this man that's on dialysis. Uh, you've got his spiritual soul. You've got your own life. In terms of living with Christ, you got to sort this out. Now, you're going to get different counsel from different people, undoubtedly. That's why I'm saying I think you need to 
get plugged into some really godly spiritual women who can guide you, some Christian women, pastors, wives, some real people who are going to be sensitive to the reality of what you're facing, or a really godly Christian counselor who can help guide you. But April, don't jump from the frying pan into the fire, you know? Um, what I'm what I'm excited for you, and I'm going to pray with you in a moment, what I'm excited for you is your spirit of wanting to honor Christ. God hears that. He knows your heart. And if you went to your boyfriend and said, look, as a new believer, being married is important to me. Now, I don't know if you're going to get married or not. I mean, if he wants to marry or not. But marriage is something sacred to you. And if he understands that, um, if that's something where you can begin with him in terms of the other issues of dialysis and our kids and all of that, that's an issue you can deal with. But this, this thing of saying, look, marriage is important. Uh, I'll tell you, there's people come down on different sides on this, April. You're going to know this, but you really need to pray and seek God and make the decision that um, you really feel God's leading you, but you need some good counsel to do it. Mm. Father, I do pray for April, this young woman. Um, she feels stuck, and we know that you're not the author of confusion. Give her wisdom to make the right decision that she can live in purity that she can live in purity in her heart and soul, not violate that commitment to you, and also recognize that she has um, she has responsibility and consequences from decisions that have made in the past, frankly, that you'll help her walk this very difficult uh, process. First of all, looking to you as the author and the finisher of her faith. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you, April, for calling, and I would really encourage you to, um, to, to continue to seek the counsel of some wise people that can help you. Okay? Yeah, well, thank, thank All you right. so much. I'm so, I'm so uh, sorry you're there, but that's the way the world, unfortunately, is uh, uh, facing today. Mm. All right, we'll be back. More on decision-making and more uh, from the Facebook on the dumbest decision Stupidest decision you ever made. We'll hear some more. Fix problems quickly in your marriage. Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson with an Intentional Living Minute. One researcher points out that long-term happy marriages have learned to problem-solve early on in the relationship. Because allowing problems to fester over days or weeks or sometimes even years will destroy your marriage. So can I encourage you guys this week to ask your wife to give you a list of the top five problems that she's feeling in her life that she'd like to get resolved in your marriage. And without reaction to the list, schedule a time to do what great leaders always do. They sit down and focus on the problems and not the personalities. So when you do this intentionally with your spouse, that's intentional living. Go to theintentionallife.com slash minute to get the Intentional Living Minute in your email every day. For eight long, grueling years, I suffered from a dark depression, so much so that I begged God to let me die. I searched God's Word to know who this Jesus is, and I found Him. And I have surrendered to God my marriage, our children, our home, our cars, our money. Nothing's mine anymore. 
people find complete freedom from sin and bondage because they choose a life in Christ. You help them make these choices as you support Intentional Living Monthly and keep us on the air. Become a member right now. Call 888-888-1717 or go to theintentionallife.com. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. Randy. Thank you, uh, Kurt. I was just thinking of um, the last caller. We have to be so careful when we talk to people in terms of you say, hey, you need to do this, you need to do this, and, and, and do the next thing. People want to know that. Let's face it, people call because they want to tell me what to do and I'll go do it. But you got to be convicted in your heart to understand why you do what you do because decisions that are made because of someone else telling you to make a decision does usually don't stick. They've got to be coming from your heart. I would say, because I don't know all the details of her situation, that when, you, when you're in a complex situation where you've got issues, you keep coming back to what are the biblical principles of God's forgiveness, his love, um, in her case to say, listen, you know, I've got responsibility for this man, I got responsibility for these kids, but that doesn't mean we have to, quote, live together. We don't have to be living as though we're married. We don't have to be having sex and, and, and whatever else. I mean, I, I can honor my, myself and my decision and still honor the consequences or decisions that I've made. I don't think those are mutually exclusive. Sometimes we get so caught in a box, it's either all this or all that, instead of saying, hey, maybe because of the complexity of this, I've got to walk a difficult process. And I'll tell you one thing, though. If you're walking in that kind of a situation that we just had, you need to have some mentors alongside of you who can help hold you accountable and love you through the process. Yeah. Okay, quickly, I'm running out of time, but I wanted to get Todd on from California. Welcome, Todd. Uh, Good morning, Good morning. Appreciate your call. What's the decision you made or making? I, I made a decision to take a plea. I was uh, charged with some uh, some federal crimes, white collar, and I took a plea. And the other men that were involved didn't take the plea. Hmm. And I took the plea just based on numbers. It wasn't because I felt I was guilty. It was because the overwhelming of going to trial, um, if I lose, would have been you know significant. And so I felt that just take a, take a plea and, and uh, you know, get along to go along. And then the other men uh, decided that they were going to take it to trial, so it's going to trial anyway. Yeah. And now I'm being asked to lie by the prosecutor or at least not tell the truth. And I have to make a decision if I'm going to withdraw my plea or not. Wow. And that could be a consequence for me. But the Lord really is directing me, really. Um, even with your program, I heard you say the numbers, and I, I just spoke to me, and I've never called a radio show before in my life, and I just felt compelled uh, to call you and, and share that with you and, and uh, that decision that I have to make. Well, so. Todd, it, it's a, obviously a very difficult one, big one. Uh, it's your life and consequences that um, maybe even not aware of today. And we'll be praying that you make a decision, uh, the, the decision that honors God. You know, like I said earlier, sometimes the decisions are real clear, this or that. You know, you don't have to think about it. But then there's these other ones. you got to really understand and discern the Holy Spirit and what God's teaching you. 
So, Todd, we'll be praying for you. Uh, we'll add you to the list, and we'll pray as you make this decision uh, that God will go before you, and whatever the consequences, whatever comes of it, uh, that he'll get the glory for it. A couple of things that keep sticking in my mind are to be intentional and to tell yourself the truth. Through your intentional living program, I uh, just turned everything over to the Lord and realizing that we have a choice in how we deal with these things. I would intentionally do every day what God is asking me to do. I just pray, and I'm learning to reorganize my finances. I'm being obedient. You really had an impact on me as far as doing things intentionally and thinking about what you're doing. Hey, here's a question for you. When you hear these stories, why is it that intentional living works? I mean, it's not because I had a brilliant idea. It's not because this radio show exists. It's because intentional living is the way God has created you and me to live. And I can prove it. We know that God is intentional. There's nothing about him and his existence as far as uh, from whenever time began, he was there. And our brief time in history, how he moves in our life, there's nothing random or chaotic. God has a plan. And we're told in Scripture that we are created in his image. Therefore, the reason intentional living works is because God ordained it to work. And I think the very first question we should ask every morning when we get up is, why am I here? Why am I here? I don't mean, why am I here, you know, in this place today? <laughs> That's a good question, too. But a greater question is, why am I alive in the 21st century? Why did God allow me to be here in 2022? What is my purpose? What is the reason for my existence? That's a really profound why question. You know, people spend uh, years thinking about why, and sometimes uh, we can sit under a tree and think about why and not get anything done. But I tell you this, if you don't have a why, the how is going to be more difficult. The how will be frustrating. The how will wear you out. But when we get the why clear, understanding why we're here and why God placed us on this planet, it'll impact how we relate to each other in our marriage, our family, our work, our career, all the things in our life that matter so much. And the lesson this month, I'm calling what the Bible says about intentional living, but it's really these five questions that are so essential that you need to ask. And the first one is this question on why. I go on in the teaching to talk about how do you process that question? What difference does it make? How do you approach the why question in life? So members, watch for this. It'll be coming to you about this point in the middle of the month. And uh, for those of you that uh, are joining us in support of the ministry today, we'll make sure that you receive it as well. And so come and be a part of the Intentional Living family. Your monthly support allows us to continue to do what we do, allows us to continue the mission that God has raised up. And uh, we thank you for being a part of it today. Again, all you have to do to join us in support of the ministry is go to theintentionallife.com. That's theintentionallife.com. And then click on that uh, donate button and all the information will be there for you so you can join in support of the ministry. We're listener supported. We're here for one purpose, to help people figure out what pleases Christ. First, coming to Him. So really, it's an evangelistic outreach. And then to follow through with not only why we're here, but then how do we live? How do we make decisions? What we're talking about today. And so your support is impacting 
lives and helping people come to Christ. Thank you for doing that. Come and join us. Again, go to theintentionallife.com. Thanks for being a part of the show today. We'll be back again next time here at Intentional Living.